Well, let me just start by wishing everyone a happy Illinois Craft Beer Week. Uh, it's Friday morning, uh, the beginning of Craft Beer Week here, May 18th. Last night, I started my Craft Beer Week off pretty badassly with um, three fellows from Hailstorm Brewing in Tinley Park. It's probably my favorite brewery on the planet. I've been going there for years. But I was joined by head brewer Brandon uh, and, and part owner as well, uh, and then assistant brewer uh, Steve Miller, and then Josh who runs the tap room. Everybody knows Josh that's been in the hailstorm. It was awesome to finally get those guys on the podcast. I've known them for a while, and I've been going to them for a while. They've been just crushing it with Vlad and their Cloud series and everything else they do. They just win medals and do awesome stuff with things like Prairie Madness. So it was cool to sit down for a conversation with them. But it's Craft Beer Week. Going to Bug tonight. It's Friday, like I said, and that's going to be pretty awesome to see all those all those uh, hundred plus breweries out there doing big things. So follow me on social media. Make sure you get me on Instagram, Average Joe's uh, Beer Podcast. You can find me that way on Instagram, and then at Joe Bob Four One on both Untapped and Twitter. And of course, go to the Average Joe's Facebook page and like the page big one is always to leave me a review on itunes whether you like me or not i mean i'd love the five stars but if you if you're not uh, digging the content then don't give me five stars uh, other than that just get ready for a cool episode with a huge awesome you know beloved brewery and that and that uh th- those suburbs man the suburbs are just crushing it with these in that little area over there with these awesome places and uh you know i, I mentioned bug today don't forget to um get tickets to good libations as well which is the the closeout ceremony basically to craft beer week here in illinois so make sure there's still plenty of tickets it's like tropical theme we actually talk about it a little bit in the episode so you're here uh steve miller kind of breaking down what what uh good libations is but it's gonna be like a tropical beer theme so might see some gozas and uh some stuff with some big fruits and big fruited ipas but yeah it's gonna be an awesome event and just like bug it's gonna be a badass event all right we're rolling uh hailstorm i'm sitting in the what we're by the garage door in the back of hailstorm right now and i'm joined by uh introduce yourself guys let's start with with you mr head brewer i'm uh brandon brandon who brandon banbury (laughs) brandon banbury he is the head brewer here and i'm steve miller i'm the other brewer here Hello, I'm Josh. Of course. And Josh, what do you do here? I manage the tap room. Ah, yes. Noble work, see? See, for me, guys, uh, this, I've been, I really want to first start by saying thank you guys for doing this because you guys are like my favorite brewery. I've been coming here. It's one of the first craft breweries I started to frequent, you know, when you guys opened, what was it, like 2013, 14? 14. 2014. Yeah, I mean, you guys have been open forever in, uh, in beer years. It's ridiculous compared to all the breweries that are open now. What'd you say? What'd you say before we started? It was uh, we, there was under three thousand when we opened, and now there's sixty five hundred. Sixty five hundred. Yeah. So I appreciate you guys doing this and coming to talk. But uh, yeah, slam it, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> so what'd you guys do today? When I walked in, you guys were cleaning stuff. You're we you're uh, we finishing? brewed uh, brewed Stratus, our New England double IPA. We brewed uh, Howdy Neighbor. Uh, strawberry lemon Kolsch, and we also canned Howdy Neighbor. So you it's had a busy a, day. So you had a batch that you had brewed, however many weeks ago, of Howdy mm-hmm. Neighbor. You were canning that today. Oh, okay. So what do you do? Like a, it's a double turn. Like how how does that work with the brew house? Like size wise and 
Yeah, so typically uh, two turns to fill a fermenter, uh, 30 barrel fermenters, 15 barrel brew house. So uh, yesterday we brewed 15 each of Stratus and Howdy Neighbor, and today we did the same thing. Dang. Yeah, then I walked in and you were like, were you cleaning the canning machine? Was that what was going on? Like, yeah. Okay. We were uh, CIP in the canning machine. All right, so what, what goes into that? I've never actually seen that process. You know, like, everybody always tells me, like, brewing is 90% cleaning shit, so. So, yeah, basically after the, uh, the canning run's done, uh, flush everything out with uh, a caustic cleaner, uh, which removes all the uh, organic solids. And then uh, then we typically flush it with uh, sanitizer after that and leave it packed with the sanitizer. So what, you just store it like that afterwards? Huh? Yeah, oh, just okay. to keep all the lines sanitary. And that just it keeps it clean with the yeah. sea. Even with, like, standing water, like, it doesn't... It it's got sanitizer in it, so it's... Uh, so it keeps it... Okay. Yeah, so nothing will ruin it. developing shit. Yeah. So what's a day like that? Like, what time you guys come in? Uh, we started at 8 o'clock. Yeah. And you're kind of still working right now at 545. We're still cleaning the brew house right now. So. Yeah. What are you guys drinking? I'm, I'm drinking, drinking Hotel Life. Guava Goza. I'm drinking that Hotel Life. This is phenomenal. We drink a lot of Hotel Life here. What did you just finish? Welcome aboard. Wait, so Welcome Aboard is different than the actual base beer in Welcome Aboard? Yes, it's going to be our new summer shanty style beer coming out tomorrow, hopefully. And what's the base of it? It's uh, that's it's uh, The base beer is uh, Sorry for Partying, oh, that's which cool. is uh, malt liquor. Malt liquor. Uh, you gotta say it cooler. Than <laughs> that. Malt, malt liquor. It's uh, it's it's the seven point three percent version of Hotel Life. It just scaled up from. Yeah, it's no bullshit, man. <laughs> what is this? Four point something? Like four point six? Yeah. yeah, right around there. Yeah. So how do you dial up a beer like that? Like how? Uh, what, what, more what grain goes into that. It's just more more grain. Yep. On the front half there. Yep. God damn. That's all it takes, huh? So. I mean, Hailstorm, you guys have been doing this. I mean, Steve, you're still, you're pretty new to Hailstorm, right? You've yeah, been, you've uh, been around. Tomorrow is my three month date. And where'd you, where'd you come from before this? How um, most recently I was at Brickstone. Brickstone. Okay. I just talked to Tony, a couple of guys over there. We're supposed to sit down and do this, do this podcast with them pretty soon. So how, how does that, how does that process happen? You just looking for a new gig? Like you just trying out some stuff you guys already had a relationship and we're like hey dude i could work with you yes yeah, so that was actually a difficult part of the decision though um because brandon and i are very good friends it was do we want to work together uh, can we work together <laughs> so there's our wife our wives were very nervous <laughs> really very very like, nervous. how come like, what, yes we how long have you guys known each other a few yeah. years i don't know well, since we basically just, Probably almost as long as we've been open. Uh. So around the same time that Hailstorm opened, uh, I owned a brewery that opened in Chicago called Slapshot. Uh, we ended up closing Slapshot in 2016. Um, but around that time is when I met Brandon. And over the last few years, we've become really good friends. And we've done a lot of drinking together. Our family's hanging out together. And obviously our wives were concerned that instead of just hanging out on the weekends we're hanging out monday through friday now so like what was it fear of like you guys would just be dicking around and not making beer like what, <laughs> what did they think was yeah. gonna happen pretty much 
So you're talking about Slapshot. Like, everybody, I think, knew Slapshot for, at some point. Like, do you, do you want to talk about that at all, Slapshot? I'm not, I'm, I don't yeah, know the story I, behind, you know. I remember giant cans. You guys had big yeah. cans, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was weird. Um, so Mike Palin had just started brewing with us, and um, we were looking for a canning line, and then this 24-ounce canning line uh, was available on Pro Brewer. And I was like, I got to have it. And Mike's like, yeah, let's do this. We're going we're gonna to do this thing. And... He had his artists create this little graphic that called them big ass cans. Um, so we're the only people doing 24 ounce cans. Um, it was fun. Uh, we put a lot of fun beers into a giant can um, <laughs> for like six dollars. Well, you guys had distro and everything too, right? Like I used to see yeah. you at Binnies and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. we were in every Binnies in the state. Um, <laughs> we sold a lot of beer. Yeah, Slapshot, right? Where were you guys located at? Uh, 31st and Colon, Little Village neighborhood. Okay, so how long ago did, th- did that close up then? Uh, we moved out of that building in December of 2015 um, and then ultimately made the decision to wrap up the entire company um, around mid-2016. And then you went straight to Brickstone? Uh, no. So I was just <laughs> literally just hanging out at home drinking beer. Uh Eating chicken wings. Eating chicken wings. <laughs> I spent a lot of time with him. Where were um, you guys eating chicken wings at? Was it like a special chicken wing or just like any type of chicken wing? Anywhere wings? that sold chicken All wings right, okay. was basically our favorite place to go. <laughs> um, but it was it was a time in my life like I wasn't really happy with shutting down Slapshot. Like that was a, a special thing for me. Like it was this brewery that I started. That so your baby. It started out as me and my brother. Um and ultimately we decided that we just couldn't keep going um so i sat at home drinking a whole bunch of beer and eating chicken wings with brandon um God, brandon you're a bad influence <laughs> then a really good friend of mine um andres owns five rabbit brewing in bedford park and uh he had texted me one day and just asked like hey can you come by the brewery let's have a beer um so I came by and i was talking to him and he was more concerned about like how I was doing with my own life um, through all the fallout of the business going down. Um, and he's like, well, we need extra help here. Like, it gives you something to do and you can pay some bills. So went there, um, but I was only working there a couple days a week. Um, then moving on to Brickstone, um, I kind of had an inside track that uh, their brew pub brewer was leaving. Um, because he was going to work at my brother's brewery in Key West, so Jesus, some moving parts here. Yeah, so I I knew that I knew that Johnny was leaving Brickstone. So as soon as he publicly let everyone know, um, I then called Tommy and I was like, Hey, I want to be I want to be your brew pub brewer. And the next week, met with him and then started. Brewing beers at Brickstone. So 2016, and then till just now, you're you're, you're hailstorm guy now. Yeah, you look good in the hailstorm gear, man. It's awesome. I like it. <laughs> did you guys coordinate like hat colors and everything today we too? Did. So I started wearing this hat this week because he hadn't been wearing this hat this like last week, and I thought I could wear the hat, but now I can't wear the hat because he's wearing the same one. So you can't, but you're wearing it forward. He's wearing it backwards. I can't. Problem solved. Off. I can't pull Problem off a solved. backwards hat. <laughs> So I mean, that leads me to another question. Those hats, did those come from Craft Brewers Conference? They, they sure did. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
That's what I want. What went down at the Craft Brewers Conference? Hot take, chicken. Take Hot me, chicken and Take beer. me through it from, from like, like getting ready to go, to landing, to like, it's just, just lots walk of, me through. Lots of time spent on a toilet. Really? <laughs> hot, hot chicken toilet. Hot chicken. I just had Skeleton Key on the other day, and they were, and, and Paul and Emily and, and uh, Yeah, we hung John, out with them were, for a little while. They were like, hot chicken, man. Straight it, hot chicken. I, I just ate barbecue the whole time because I don't, I'm, call me a pussy, but I just can't guy. handle spicy I'm with food you, man. that well. I'm the same, I'm same way. The amount of time that everyone I spoke to was spending on toilets, <laughs> I've I'm happy I didn't go down that just road. Did you really want hot chicken? It was crazy. Like, you talk to people like, oh, man, my guts are blowing up. Oh, cool. What are you having for dinner? Hot chicken. Going to Hattie B's, man. Doing it again. <laughs> were you guys drinking hot beers then, too? Oh, we, please tell me there were hot beers, too. There, there were hot beers to be had. <laughs> All right. So so what does it go like some, the lead up to that? You guys, how, how does the Craft Brewers Commerce work? Do you guys drive out there? I mean, is well, this, yeah, you go there d- every year? Do you do this every year? Or we drove down to Nashville. Uh, obviously, it's in a different city every year. So um, I didn't go last year, but I went the two years prior to Portland and uh, uh, Philly. I uh, skipped D.C. Too much politics for you? Yeah, just no. <laughs> I've been to D.C. It's not my favorite town. So is the drive, is it a financial thing, or is it like, I want to load my fucking car down with all the shit out in Nashville? Like, uh, no, actually, we didn't bring any like, beer back. But what? <laughs> Why not? We yeah. brought a lot of beer down there. What about any did bourbon? You? Any bourbon? I did bring some bourbon back. <laughs> did you? Yeah. Nice. Were you swinging by uh, the, the trail on the way home? or No, no. We stopped oh. at the liquor barn in Louisville, but okay, there wasn't wasn't much to be found. But oh, that's a shame. You're thinking you're just walking there, grab all the pappy, and uh Well, I didn't over. expect that, but <laughs> no. So when you guys when you guys land, like what what's it like when you get there? You, is it boom off the off the plane or off the out of the car drinking, or is it like you let's find right? a bar? Yeah, <laughs> right now. So do you, do you just wander aimlessly with hailstorm, or do you like do you guys come in as a group? Do you find each other like hey local brewery? You know we know each other. Let's go hang out. Or yeah, no, we running into everybody. We, we hung out, you know, with all our friends, other brewer friends, and it's kind of like it, all of. The bulk of my friends are other brewers, um, so like just me going onto Facebook and seeing people's Facebook statuses, it's like, oh, okay, this guy's at Hattie B's, this guy's at Honky Tonk, this guy's at the convention center. Um, so you just kind of get a map of where everyone's at and start texting people and say, let's go drink some beer. <laughs> so, like at any given time, we were like the most brew industry people you guys were in this like in in a bar with. <laughs> uh, at that. That bar that we were singing at, uh, that the Wait, country what? band played singing? Toto. Uh, you guys were singing Africa. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, this was just like, uh, like who, who, who were some of the people with you guys? Like from which breweries? Uh, the Noon Whistle guys were with us, I so think. Pa- like Paul and uh, Mike. Mike. Yeah. <laughs> Danielle, yeah. Katie from the Brewers Guild. Okay. So it was a throwdown. So, so the, the, the that, Brickstone guys were there. Is yeah, that night one, or is that like down no, the road? That was like night three, two or three. So day two, it's yeah. like wake up and we're going to conferences. So yeah. So, so how do you get? Like, how do you attack that? Then the next day, you like splitting out like, hey, I want to, I want to learn about this. Like, how how do they yeah. kind of divvy up what what's available to you guys? Kind of. We, I think, Brandon and I each had certain things that we were interested in the convention whether it was talking to certain vendors or learning certain things um, looking at different pieces of equipment that that we liked so it was, it was nice to talk to a lot of our suppliers like our equipment manufacturers we talked to the the company that made our brew house Crawford um, 
talked to them about some changes that we made to our brew house and they gave us some suggestions that they've made um, so it was a good learning experience so what did you what did you have in mind brandon when you went there like what, what was like on your list uh, i was looking for a, a dissolved oxygen meter which is <laughs> so equipment real exciting stuff <laughs> <laughs> all right so explain what, what why do you need a dissolved uh, oxygen meter basically so oxygen is beer's worst enemy um you want the least amount of oxygen in your beer when you package it. And uh, the only way to measure that is to uh, measure it in the package after you can it uh, with a very, very expensive piece of equipment. <laughs> and uh, Like how expensive? Uh, like 20, 20 grandish. Whoa, whoa. Um, what does that thing look like? It's a little box. <laughs> it it does not look like $20,000. Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's, yeah, there's a little box, and then there's uh, another... A piece of equipment that's a little taller that actually pierces the can Whoa. and beer flows through this little box and it, it measures the dissolved oxygen in there in uh, parts per billion. So Parts per billion. Yes. Okay. So uh, very expensive machine. <laughs> and that, the, uh, the idea behind it doesn't look like much. And behind a piece of equipment like that, like when you're when we're packaging as much beer as we are now, and a lot of that going into cans, um, obviously we want we want shelf stability and we make a lot of hoppy beers. So oxygen is even worse um, on our hoppier beers. So we can take measurements at the, at the bright tank, see what our oxygen level is at that, and then test the cans after running through the canning line and then see how much oxygen are we picking up in the canning process. And ideally we would test, we've got a five head canning line so we'll test cans one through five and then we can identify if fill head number three has something that's causing oxygen to be picked up in the process and then troubleshoot that with the canning line and tweak some stuff now that 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 I, that's something i've never heard before that's i mean i get i know oxygen's not good for beer i get that but uh, it's a pretty good explanation of like why you need something like that now is that something just how you guys canning size like a five head canner like that canning machine is that small for the amount that you guys can or is that it's pretty typical okay um, it's yeah it's a standard size until you're until you're packaging hundreds of barrels a day um most breweries are operating with an equivalent line so if our machine can do uh does about 75 cases an hour assuming it's not fucking up every 10 minutes and is, that sounds like, is that something that happens? <laughs> That's how today it went. It felt like. That's how today went. <laughs> There's something in your voice. We break everything. Well, the machine it's breaks <laughs> itself. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, like, what, what do you guys have, like, a, have you guys always been handy with that stuff to be able to fix it? Do you have somebody you can call? I mean, is it all just, uh, like, you, you have, guys? You have to be. I like mean, a right? Uh, if, uh, if you're not handy with it, then uh, you're going to have a lot of downtime. <laughs> so... Yeah, just kind of understanding the way the machine works and and uh, kind of going through a maybe a little checklist type thing to, okay, this is what it's doing, uh, these are the possible causes, and then start going through those and, okay, it's not that, it's not that, it's this. And yeah, and we're fortunate that, like, Brandon and Chris both have some pretty good minds for figuring out how all this stuff works, so... We had an issue like a month ago that there was a just an issue with the fill heads not stopping. And between the two of them, they were able to troubleshoot it. And 
we couldn't fix it with parts and replace the parts, but they figured out a way to make it work. Um, just rig it, and rig just it to get it done. Kind of, and it you was have rigged. to you have to have that kind of mind that you can see what the problem is, and yeah, you don't have the replacement parts, but how can you fix it so that it still functions? So you mentioned you mentioned Chris, who's who's not on the mics with us right now, but he was he was running around. So how how does Hailstorm shape up? Like, uh, wh- where's everybody's piece here? Chris Chris and I started Hailstorm. We met uh, through uh, our homebrew club, Brewers of South Suburbia, uh, boss. And uh, where's that? Where's that one kind of centered around? Is it a regional thing? Is yep. It so kind of south suburbs here, uh, Orland Park, Tinley, uh, down to. Crete and Moni, Manhattan. Okay. There's guys all over. Jo- uh, a little bit of Joliet, but there's another kind of a newer club there. Yeah. Um, they were on the podcast, the uh, Joliet Brewers Guild. Yeah, right. Now, they, that was Boss the one that just had not too long ago, Jeremy, because Mickey was, was there for... Yeah, uh, the competition. I believe I ran into you. Uh, okay, yeah. I thought I saw you that night. I couldn't remember. But yeah, Jeremy did the podcast that day, and then I, w- and I went over there afterwards to the little restaurant in Crest uh, Hill. Giovanni's, yeah. Yeah, Giovanni's. There you go. Yeah. So, th- oh, so that's that was the, the that was the that's boss, where you guys uh, kind of met. That was our competition. So, oh, we okay. held a, about a four hundred and fifty entry uh, homebrew competition. Damn, it's huge. So yeah, you guys, you you and Chris met there. What? what how long ago was this? Uh, just uh, so we've been open four years. We met. Yeah, four and a half years ago. Oh so. wow, you acted quick. Yeah, it went pretty quick. <laughs> All right, so I want to say we met. Uh, all right, we met in April of thirteen, I believe. April of thirteen, and we signed a lease on this place in August of thirteen. Yeah, because you guys had an anniversary party. And we were right? open by April of fourteen. So oh yeah, you were open. Okay, there you yeah. go. Yeah, so first anniversary was twenty fifteen. Then yeah. yeah, that's when I found you guys. It was like a month after your guys' anniversary. It was the first time I stumbled upon your dominatrix on tap at Sovereign, and I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I assumed it was made, like, in California or something, like something I didn't know about, and then I looked on the menu, it was like, Orland Park? I have to go out here. And ever since, we've been in love. So you and Chris met each other at Boss, and then, yeah, like, how did that go? <laughs> Just, hey, dude, what's up, dude? I brew, you brew. Let's start a brewery. Uh, well, actually, it was funny, um... I was uh, talking to another guy about starting a brewery, and uh, uh, I had remembered seeing Chris post something on the boss, uh, like a listserv type email thing, and it's like, oh, you should probably, you know, meet with him and make sure we're not doing something right next to each other, and uh, just kind of hit it off with Chris, and uh decided to do something with him and not the other guy <laughs> <laughs> that guy doesn't own a brewery now <coughs> no he uh that's a shame he actually worked for three floyds for quite a while oh wow. uh not as a brewer uh as a chef at first uh he did eventually become a brewer i believe um but he after a while there he went back he was an electrical engineer he went back to that and i believe he's retired now but so you guys meet each other and you start this thing and you sign a lease already here in 2013. So was it just the two of you at the time? Mm-hmm. Okay. So how does it 
expand by the time you're open and tap room? Like, where does Josh come in and, and the rest of the crew here? So, uh, yeah, it was kind of me and Chris, uh, and Josh's dad kind of came on uh, early on to help us with the construction stuff. He's retired, uh, former like, equipment operator. Um, so, real handy guy. Uh, helped us out a lot with digging up the floors, digging trenches, doing electrical work, all kinds of stuff, and uh, got the got the doors open. Uh, Chris still work still working his full time job to this date. Oh, he uh, still works. Yeah, Jesus. he he does uh, software consulting, so he's yeah. he's here, but he's he's doing his job. Um, so he didn't have a lot of free time, so I was brewing. I was doing some deliveries. Um, Gene was kind of helping me out, and uh, Gene's your dad, Josh, right? Yes, yes. And he was the one that appeared on the Polish Smoke Bottle, correct? Yes, indeed, uh, indeed. Okay, okay. I'm putting all the pieces together now. So yeah, I was kind of brewing, doing sales, doing deliveries. Um, Speaking of deliveries, <laughs> and doing tap room as well, and then so. Eventually, Josh came into the picture and kind of. So, yeah. so at this point, you're doing every, everything took, basically. Took, that took you over can. the tap room so that, you know, I could focus on brewing and Gene could help me brew and do some deliveries. And then eventually, kind of, Gene almost became full time delivery. And then so we hired a delivery driver so he could help me brewing. And so you're talking, Gene was helping you brew too? Yeah. So, he was, so he's doing like self distro when you're saying deliveries, right? Like yeah. That's just like yeah, we you're self distroing. And that was like, what, 2015? So you're just getting like bombers out, or 2014? You're just getting yeah, like bombers we, out. We started to, doing just bombers back then, um, which eh, that was kind of the end of the, uh, on the tail end of the bomber era, I would say. Well, I remember seeing, you know, like was it Jesus Toast? The yeah, and, uh, and the, yeah, and Alabama Hot Tub, and you'd see the twenty-two ounce bottles, Dominatrix, obviously. Mm-hmm. And when you guys started canning that, everybody's like, "Whoa, Dominatrix in cans!" Or Vlad, when you guys canned Vlad, that was crazy. It doesn't feel like it was that long ago. So now you got Josh in the tap room. Since so, when did you come on, Josh? Well, I started shortly after they opened, um, just kind of helping out here and there. <clears throat> you know, actually, like the second day they're open, uh, you and Chris had to do brewing vines, and oh, left my right. dad to work the tap room on a Saturday by himself, and he's like, "Um, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing." <laughs> so I'm like, "All right, I, I could get the day off and come help out. It's not a problem." So, yeah, Josh was kind of working part time here to start. He here at Dave and Buster's. Yeah, right? well, at that time I was at Dave and Buster's, going to school full time at Moraine. Working at a Marine as a TA tutor, helping bartend at a friend's bar as well. So I had a pretty full plate at Good time. Lord. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think they needed you here, though. So when, when did you were just like, all right, this is my job now? Well, they approached me after a couple months after being open saying, hey, well, you know what you're kind of doing behind the bar. You've been doing it for just a little bit. So uh, you guys want to help us do this? I'm like, not a problem. So where I jumped aboard and started helping out the bar, figuring out schedules, you know, getting people to work on certain days and making sure we have people covered so these guys could get done what they have to do in the back and don't have to worry about the tap room. So, And how did that change for you guys then once you like had – did it alleviate like a lot of that, that other crazy shit and just focus on the beer, the yeah. beer, the beer? Yeah, I mean, it kind of progressed, you know, like as time went on. Um, I was brewing more often, 
and we got more and more accounts, so uh, there was less time to spend in the tap room and uh, much more time spent brewing beer and delivering beer and trying to get more accounts to sell our beer to. So how, at that time, are you the salesman too, or are you pitching like trying to get your beer into ta- on tap lines and yeah, get your bottles in the shops and stuff? Yeah, the first year or so, and then actually... My wife did sales for Pepsi. Uh, she left there, and she became our full-time salesperson. Oh, okay. Keep it all in the family here. Yep. So, I mean, it, it, now you guys have grown so much, though. Like, like, where were like the the points where you saw that growth when you're like from opening day to now? I mean, what's the, what's the brew house like? The day one is it the same brew house. Same brew house. Same brew house. So yep. you were always producing this amount of beer. Just now brewing a lot more often. You got more fermenters yeah. now. You just been adding those, or yeah, we started with three. Now we have six. Okay, and they're how big are the fermenters? Thirty, thirty barrels. They're all thirties, and you have six of them. Okay, so you can put out some goddamn beer. Mm-hmm. Feels like you guys are everywhere. So, uh, one thing I always am interested in because, uh, you know, especially current day with the the way that the beer world is now, and the way people are hunting down, or you know, just in love with like the New England style, the the hazy, the double dry hop, whatever you want to call it. So you guys have been doing that for a long time. Like you did your northeast style cloud series beers for. I don't know how long have you been doing those since twenty fifteen. The third summer we started doing them. When was uh, CBC in Philly? That was two years ago, right? Twenty sixteen. Yeah, twenty sixteen. So right after that, I think a lot of people kind of like in this area when you're talking about the suburbs. I think a lot of people think about the Gummy Series over at Noon Whistle, but I, I the Cloud Series has been around just as long, if not longer, and. I think has it has it changed over the years? Have you guys kind of tweaked those recipes? I mean, I'm guessing over the years. Oh yeah, but I mean, how big were those that that series for you in general? Yeah, huge. Yeah. So yeah. what were like some of the milestone beers for you when you like started to feel like whoa something's going on here? Uh, all those beers. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about like Vlad? Like Vlad's a huge. Yeah, Vlad. Well, especially the barrel aged stuff. Yeah. Like uh, how did how did Vlad come about? So we always had the the base stout from day one, actually, uh, when we opened, and uh, put it in barrels pretty much right away, because um, we opened. Let's see, we started brewing February of fourteen, and our first barrel age release, I think, was January of fifteen, right? No, it was the day after Christmas. Remember, it was a December, 15, December twenty sixth, okay. uh, yeah. original. That's right. OG Vlad, so vanilla. We we had barrel aged beer in our in our first year. It's pretty good, right? Um, a lot of people cry for a you know, barrel barrel program as it is. Mm-hmm. You guys have a big one. Yeah, I mean, just looking about the added uh, quite a few cents. Yeah, <laughs> about the area here. So when when you kind of first came up with the base of Vlad, like you, you just knew like we gotta get this into barrels. Yeah, it was a beer I brewed at home and and just scaled it up in, the, in yeah. this brew house and, and it, it. So when you when you put that in barrels for the first time, like. How do you mature that and walk it through? Like, is it you just let the barrels do the work? Is that it? Or are you, like, constantly check in and tweak in? Or Yeah, I mean, fill the barrels and, you know, let it sit for a while. You know, don't don't keep checking it every week, you know. Just it's going to take time, so. Just patience. You know, put it in there, maybe wait three months and check it. And a couple months later, check it again. And once it gets to where you want, then. Just patience. Package it that's up. <laughs> no, but that, I mean that—that's—is that like the first beer you guys had that people were lining up for? Or, you know, that people were just waiting for. 
Yeah. Okay. So, oh, please. We have a kind gentleman breaking off uh, some howdy neighbors. That's hear the it's our delivery guy, Logan. Just ran out of beer. So what's what's Logan? What's Logan do? Is he actually work for Logan, the hailstorm? Uh, yeah, yes, he's, he's our delivery guy. Started beginning of May and April. Not even a month yeah. ago. Yeah. Solid. He's, he's still uh, wet. There's I'm not no, the newbie there's no anymore. Gli- there's no glitter in my beer, guys. I'm upset. Yeah. So so explain One to me. Thing. Explain <laughs> to me thing, why. Really. Why? Why did we do it? Because it looked cool. Okay. No, hey, I'm not arguing with that. I'm it's not It's stupid, judging. but it looks awesome. Well, we I, have, no, it does look awesome. We have a friend of ours that works for Brewer Supply Group, uh, um, yeah. and oh. they, they sell the glitter. Thank you, Paul. Um, I think all of us here thought that this is the dumbest thing to ever happen to beer <laughs> in the history of making beer. Um, but as soon as we put some, we were at, um, before the microphone smells like a beer fest, is when he brought that bag. He met us and gave us the, the bag of it, um, of the glitter. We put it in a, a bottle of Miller High Life and swirled it around. Are you serious? Yeah, that's what, that was the starting point? God damn, it looked beautiful. <laughs> so... And Josh is shotgunning. Josh a beer is right shotgunning now. a beer. Hopefully, he's uh, live on something or just recording himself. Whatever. Josh is shotgun fifty-two. Howdy, neighbors. That was awesome. No, it's not fifty-two. <laughs> Minimum of fifty-two. Maybe forty-eight now. <laughs> so Patrick's at fifty-three. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick's winning. But then the, he thinks he's winning. So we had the the bag of glitter, and then it was a couple days before the anniversary party last week, and we were canning that day. Um, Patrick from the Open Bottle was over here. We were canning Boeing. And Patrick's so going to be on the show soon. It was uh, just having a fun day and uh, needed some midday beers. And Actually, <laughs> so it was like 9 a.m. It wasn't midday. <laughs> Fuck yeah. It's midday <laughs> like for us. Come style. on. Yeah, That's so basically midday. We, uh, we were like, oh, glitter would probably look really cool in Howdy Neighbor. And it sure did. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you, you nailed that. That's for sure. You picked the right beer to put in. I think you were the one that put the vi- Didn't you put it like a video yeah, or a boomerang yeah, up or something a, of it? That's the proper way to capture the glitter beers is with boomerang. Perfect. Because it, yeah, video you, back and yeah, forth. Yeah, the left, right, left. It, yeah. it, it looked pretty badass. Not going to lie. I mean, I was judging you, but also enjoying that what was you like, did there. Well, we judged ourselves, too. So <laughs> I think that was one of the you first. You guys had fun with it. That's Josh awesome. would know better, but I think that was one of the first kegs to go on Saturday. Uh, we took it off for a little bit just because <laughs> it wasn't getting a full effect, so I kind of shook it a few times, put it upside down. Oh, yeah, And yeah. we did tap it later that night just to kill off the keg, but it did go. All right, while we're on it, let's, let's, let's have a small segment of tales from this past weekend's anniversary party. So what what is what? I wanted to hear the different angles from all three of you. Like, when does did each of you guys start at the same time, or is it like you got to be in here super early, or like you just here for a couple hours, like because it's just a big thing you don't want to deal with? We it. actually uh, we, we started a kettle sour beer on. Uh, uh, it was, it? We soured it Friday, so yeah. we were boiling it Saturday. So, so we, we were actually, brewing during the party. Yeah, we were brewing during the party. <laughs> Fuck you guys, nah. Yeah. Yep. We're still drinking beer, but well, yeah. is this gonna be a tradition now? Anniversary parties, you're gonna start brewing. And we, well, we, well, we did it at we, the last release. Was that by la- design? Or? It just happens to work. So, like, if we, so the problem with doing kettle sour beers is it ties up your kettle. Um, and we're brewing a lot now, so tying up our kettle isn't ideal. Uh, so, if we could sour the beer on a Friday. We're going to be here Saturday anyway for the bottle release, so all you got to do is boil it and knock it out to the fermenter and then clean the brew house. So it's 
There's not yeah. much work to do. It's just time consuming. The, <laughs> yeah, the labor part of like mashing in and graining out, that's already been done. Um, so it's it's mostly just sitting around at, and waiting. And looking at your watch. It takes a couple have, hours for the, the kettle to come back to a boil because you've now cooled 550 gallons of wort to 100 degrees and you got to bring it back to 212 degrees. That makes so sense. It takes... Uh, Two, probably two to three hours. But before. but why let that fall during the party? Like just the uh, way it, it just shook happened. out, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Sorry for partying. Sorry for partying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so you guys are brewing during the whole th- the whole thing, or like no, what, what uh, we were done yeah. by two ish. Yeah. And what what time did you guys start? Uh, I got here at like nine or. Uh, and I was probably like. Well, no, I'm sorry. When did people start coming? Like when oh, did the oh, public? Oh, uh, the first car was. Pro- I got here at eight, and I think I saw a car out in front. Christ, because of the bottle race. Because of the bottle, of the bottle race. race. I spent most of the hours of ten to twelve just uh, grabbing random bottles out of our cooler and Brandon's office and pouring them in line because uh, there was. <laughs> couple hundred people in line yeah, um, so it. and it's everyone's having fun it's bottle share and stuff so um it's like we got we got bottles of beer we'll we'll share all the past vlad releases and some old anniversary beers so it was a good time yeah that's awesome no, so once you guys are done brewing though it's like where you're just blending in joining the party yeah it's i mean i know i had a lot of friends stop by that day so i i talked to so many people, like a whole bunch of old friends I hadn't seen in years, happened to stop by. So, hung out with them, and my wife was here. Um, Brandon's whole family's here. So, our bottle release day is and the anniversary as well. It's a big family thing. There's a lot of people around. What's well, one of the best parties? Uh, you know, if you guys have been doing it for four years or whatever, but yeah, it's one of the best parties I've gone to. I'd go this year. Feel bad that I couldn't make it, but. Thanks, family Joe. nonsense, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, you guys would throw a dope party when it comes to that shit. Well, you guys do crazy fucking tap lists those days. It's insane. That, that's like, all on Josh. Josh comes up with some creative shit. It's and just like, crazy. hey, we're going to have 37 beers on tap. Right. Like, like I get nine different cumuluses. <laughs> and like, you know, I remember the, I think the second year I was here and it was like, I think I had eight different kinds of dominatrix, and you should never have eight any yeah. kind of dominatrixes. But well, I, they were I delicious. Had, I had asked them earlier in the week because we've got we've got a whole bunch of jockey boxes, and one of them's an eight tap one. That's our big guy, that's and a I was huge like, oh, jockey box. I was like, oh, you just need this one. He's like, well, we're probably going to need a four tap as well. Like, <laughs> Holy shit! And then what do you guys have taps in the in the actual sixteen? Oh god, sixteen yeah. in a tap. So we had twenty four. We had twenty eight. Do math, Josh. Eight okay. and four is twelve, <laughs> yeah. and then the sixteen. We had twenty-eight beers, uh, twenty-eight really awesome beers. Yeah, it was uh, crazy. I saw that thing on Instagram and like the list on the story and shit. I'm like, what? And then, what? It keeps going. Then there was another <coughs> ten beers waiting to be tapped after the initial reserve tap list. beers. Yeah. Nice. Really cool. Yeah. Pretty much went through all of them that day too. So yeah. So from the tap room management aspect, what is that day like for you? <laughs> Hell. No, Is it's it really? a it's a fun, it's a fun day, you know, especially after the anniversary party. I make sure I have plenty of staff that can actually make sure they tend the bar, keep things going. But just getting here early, getting things, getting ice together, making sure all the beers in the right place and stuff, so everyone's organized, know where's everything's at. So when it comes time to it, I could get walk around, relax, talk to people, 
you know, if something comes up, then I'm free to go get stuff or do anything that needs to be done. But you know, I did try to spend the later half of the day just walking around, just talking with people, you know, helping the bar when they need me. But I actually didn't actually have to be back there for a change, which I spend most of my time back there sometimes. But, you know, when it comes to releases and stuff, I try to make sure I'm just moving around, talking to people, helping them out where I can. So uh, it was a fun, long day. So now that I hear the really irritating Pete Stillwell in the background, oh. God, I hope he listens to this. Um, I, I just had to ask, like, when you guys opened this, when you when you guys came up, you and Chris got the concept, was music a part of that? Because, I mean, you guys are one of the, I, I call it the few that actually does live music consistently. Uh, we did not have that. Go back closer to your mic, bud. Sorry. You're, you're drifting um, on me. <laughs> he's drifting on himself. We, uh... <laughs> I don't know. How long was it until we added that? Well, Open Mic had started probably like October-ish of the first year. Uh, it just Chris ran into Pete Stillwell at a chamber meeting and stuff. And Chris has always been just interested in music and stuff. And like, hey, you want, I'm thinking about doing this Open Mic. Do you want to do it? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll come up there. I'll check it out. So and then we've been stuck with him. Love St- you, Pete. That's the way you say it. Stuck with him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I could just him see him at, cha- a, yeah. at a chamber meeting just selling just selling the idea of an open mic. <laughs> it was, that's what he wasn't even selling that, but just, they were just talking to Chris and just got a subject of music, I guess. And Chris came and was like, hey, we're going to start this open mic on Thursday. I'm like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> okay, well, what do we need? So, <laughs> yeah, it was about six months then, I guess, yeah. from when we opened. But it started very small. Um not anything like it was today. Yeah, well, there's I mean, a lot of regulars that show up every week now. Pretty big following now. And I'm not just talking about the open mic. I mean, you guys put music on at least once a weekend, and and then on top of that, every Thursday with open mic. Yeah, I mean, we tried to. Not uh, something that you see in all the breweries. Something the that that really helped increase business was adding live music and food trucks, especially pretzels too. Pretzels are. Uh, well, we always had pretzels. <laughs> <laughs> We're out of pretzels right now. <laughs> what? The I know. That's poor taproom management. Blame Costco. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, blame Costco for it. I don't have a big enough car to get, you know, pretzels on Monday. I'm going to go buy like a pallet at a time. (laughs) Well, because people eat like a pallet at a time when they're in this place. Especially when Pizer's here. Jeez, he's a pretzel Nazi. (laughs) Yeah, the pretzel fiend. Got a pretzel fiend in the house. So, what the hell would you guys be doing if you weren't brewing beer? Uh, Well, before I. Before I got into brewing beer professionally, I was I worked for Verizon, uh, so I was an area manager for them. That was like on the retail side, or like uh, uh, the yeah. So I, I worked in our national distribute national distribution channel. Uh, so I oversaw all of our stores, like uh, Best Buy, Radio Shack, Target, Walmart. Um, basically, everybody that sold Verizon products that was not an actual Verizon store, I oversaw a region of that. So it's like. 36 or 37 stores um so i was i used to be like a really big gadget tech nerd um and i got into that stuff and like in the the mobile business in like 2005 or 2006 uh so if i wasn't brewing beer i'd probably still be doing that or or working for my dad until he fired me so where were you? Where was your dad work? Uh, my parents have a, a family business that I think my mom and my dad have both fired me three or four times. <laughs> so they actually fire you? Or oh, yeah. It's like, <laughs> like, we'll bring you back. We were mad. It's yeah. fine. But then we're going to fire you yeah. again. 
<laughs> so it's something you didn't want to do. Was, that was in my teenage years. Ah, okay. When I was young and dumb. Yeah. Your cortex no, wasn't even no, formed still yet. Young, Your brain wasn't even dumb. ready yet. <laughs> Not, <laughs> Not bad just old all. and dumb. Yeah. Well, yeah, I always wonder that. Like, so, so, like, what, where'd, you, where'd you grow up? Like, what, were you a Chicago kid or like a local area kid in the Burbs? Pal- I grew up in Palos Park. Um, my parents still live in the same house I grew up in. Uh, Mine too. So I, I've always lived in the Chicago Burbs, um, except for eight months of my life when I was twenty. And I moved to Columbus, Ohio, because I had nothing better to do. Whoa! Why Columbus? Uh, the the shop that built my race car was in Columbus. I feel like you're so, leaving out a big chunk of story here. Yeah, I what? used to, I used to build race cars. <laughs> Just uh, casually dropped his race car. I used to build race cars and race when I was like uh, 19 to 22, um, but that now I can't afford that anymore. <laughs> Wait, they're not paying you enough to get a race car? Brandon, we have to rectify this. <laughs> Brandon, can to, I have a race car? You need to buy this guy a race car. He's worth it, I promise. No, I'm uh, much happier now as an adult. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, I, I always just you know wonder, like, what was that point where you're, like, doing this and then, like, fuck it, I'd rather brew beer. How do I make that happen? Like, was it a, a moment or was it, like, a, you know, for you, Steve, specifically, was it a moment or was it, like, a long just or is it just uh, haphazard like i just was, fell into brewing beer it was one of those things like i didn't even know you could brew beer at home um and then uh, a friend of mine told me that he home brewed i was like that's the coolest thing in the world uh, you make your own beer yeah like so that. then like i did i was home brewing for like five years or so um and then all the friends and stuff oh you should open a brewery and like hell no like you you're saying this now because you're at my house drinking my beer for free yeah. like if you had to go to a bar you wouldn't be paying for this beer Um, fuck that guy yeah but then um i was just at the point in my life i was like i i wasn't really enjoying my job anymore and i really did enjoy making beer um and i talked to my brother about it my brother's like yeah let's let's do this and so we did so your brother was into brewing it too huh yeah he was he was with me on he was part almost of slap shot too then. Right? Yeah. Okay. Um, so he was my partner from day one, um, and then uh, we had another buddy of mine that uh, homebrewed at the time that also worked with me and my brother at at Verizon, um, Pat, and he joined on with us. Uh, so it was it was a good team we had. So is your brother still brew now? No. Mm-hmm. So my brother never. So he, he was always there. He was part of the brewing process, um, but he was more, he he really loved figuring out beers and like, I really like this style beer. Let's make one. And, yeah. then, the, and then the making it and figuring it out was on me. It was like, he'd come up with ideas and then we would we would make the beers. Um, so now he, he still is in the beer world. Um, he sells craft beer in Key West. Uh, so he... He lives on an island and he uh, fucking he gets crazy. a drink and sells beer. He lives so on an island. Pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. That is pretty awesome. Josh is just worried about shotgunning beers right now. <laughs> so, Brand, what about you? I mean, when when did you start? I get was, your start? Uh, like you get a homebrew kit from someone? One of those kind of stories? No, or? Uh, so long, uh, long history of brewing and kind of stay on that mic, bro. Uh, long history of brewing and some winemaking in my family. Uh, my grandfather uh, was a Why barrel barrel cooper in uh, Hungary. Fuck, no way. And uh, when he moved over here, he uh, 
brought some barrels with him and uh, married my grandmother who was uh, off the boat from Germany and they uh, they uh, they lived in Aurora and uh, my uh, my grandfather grew grapes and uh, my father also grew grapes and in Aurora they, in Aurora yeah oh, in, in their backyard Oh, shit. And uh, every fall they would harvest their grapes And uh, they had this big giant oak crusher that they crushed them in There's a destemmer and all this stuff I have a bunch of pictures at home actually hanging on the wall of, of us as kids Kind of helping them out make the wine And uh, they, they would make a like a 55-gallon barrel of wine every every fall Oh, shit And... Uh, and then my dad also homebrewed as well. And uh, at one point he owned a, a homebrew store in uh, California. In California? Yeah. Damn, you guys are all over the place. Well, we... Aurora growing grapes. You're, you're in California with brew shops. I, I, yeah, so I was born in Aurora. I was there till I was uh, five. Then we moved to Oswego. Um, pretty much grew up there. Uh, went to college, Southern Illinois. Uh, mechanical engineering was my major. Go figure. Mechanical engineering. Uh, engineering yeah. seems to be a theme in uh, the brewery world. After I graduated, I I moved to uh, San Diego for my first job. I had interned with a company in Downers Grove. Uh, they had an opening in San Diego. Like what kind? Of, just for consulting engineering, engineering firm, uh-huh. and uh, lived out there uh, for a year. Uh, that office got slow. That was kind of during the downturn in the economy. And uh, I got transferred back to Chicago. Uh, meanwhile, my brother had gone to culinary school in uh, L.A. and he was still out there. My sister had moved to San Diego with my wife and I when uh, I moved out there because she was going to San Diego State. Uh, I got transferred back here. And a year later, my parents decided to move to San Diego as well. So now my entire family's out there, and I was the only one back in Illinois. Jesus. Um, so worked for that same company for another five years, uh, doing various, uh, mostly uh, food and, and consumer products uh, type plant work, uh, designing packaging lines. and you know, it was, Actually, it was a lot of dairy stuff. I did a lot of uh, ice cream oh, uh, plant work. Delicious. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> I don't know what's better, though. I, uh, Beer's got to be better, than, right? I, I worked on a... My favorite job ever was a, a Choco Taco line. <laughs> the Choco Taco is legendary. Oh, Greatest. so good. Ice yeah. cream dessert It's legendary. Yeah, I was so excited to work on the project because my favorite like ice cream product ever. Yeah. I remember when it used to be a size of a taco. It just kept <laughs> yeah. on shrinking and shrinking. Yeah. So oh, was, yeah. That's that everything. Good, good humor. We... Actually, one of our biggest clients for the company I worked for was Unilever, which owns, you know, half the stuff that's in your house. I mean, pretty much everything. Dove soap, <laughs> you know, Good Humor, Briars, oh uh, Popsicle. They own Ben and Jerry's. They own. Uh, they also make mayonnaise. They yeah. They really? own Hellman's. The they make Hellman's mayonnaise. Hellman's. They own. It's uh, like Procter and Gamble. Like, you, like right. You they're find they're the biggest competitor to Procter and Gamble. Yeah. yeah. So. So they're like Disney that owns everything right now. <laughs> right. So we did a ton of work for Unilever, so, you know, dairy was a big part of that, and 
very similar to uh, brewery type equipment. So it was uh, it was kind of cool to see some of the crossover between processes that go on in dairy plants and breweries are very similar. Cleanliness part Cle- of that? Well, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Something you got to be ready the for, sani- apparently. Sanitation procedures are pretty much exactly the same. Oh, yeah. That's Although weird. in a dairy plant, they're actually monitored by the state, so... Illinois don't uh, come here and monitor anything, please. Well, there's no regulation. No eventually, eventually, well, they'll, they'll find their way. The FDA would love to. Let this, let, yeah, let this business keep growing the way at the rate yeah. it is. They'll be, <laughs> they'll be trying to regulate something. So, how do you guys navigate stuff like that? I mean, was was the start of this with Chris and you? Like, was it a arduous process? Was it a tough process? Was it, you know, was the village on board? Was, you know... The village was, yeah, way on board and that's part of the reason why we chose Tinley Park. Um, they wanted a brewery to come here and uh, so yeah, they were they were more than willing to work with us. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of paperwork you fill out for the uh, yeah, federal government and the state and, I don't know. Licensing first, all First that time shit. we filled it out it, it went through and <laughs> we didn't really have to do any revisions or anything like that so obviously it wasn't that hard yeah <laughs> we guys have kind of a nice little thing happening in this area now even between the open bottle and crafted and hailstorm and, and sound growler and uh who am i at 350 and what banging gavel is coming too eventually right? they'll be yeah. open. i mean you can buy One their day. beer right now right they distro but right they so they contract brew okay. currently right what, like a Church Street or something? Like yeah. a Church Street house, a lot of guys up there. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, you guys are like, how, how does that feel for you guys? I mean, because something that you find in the brewing world, for me, like outside looking in when I'm t- coming in and talking to all these breweries, it's, you find like that it's way, it's competition, <coughs> but it's also in a positive light. You know? I, I like it. Um, the way I look at it, so let's say, let's say you lived a reasonable distance away, that you lived in Naperville or something. And you are going to come out to a brewery in Tinley Park um, if you're going to go to 350. Well, there's three breweries. So you're probably, if you live a reasonable distance away and you're going to drive over to one, you're probably going to hit at least one more. Um, as far as like the, the way that the beer nerds are, like the way that I am when I, whenever I visit an area is like I'm not going to just drive... 45 minutes or an hour just to hit one brewery i'm gonna see what else is in the area and also hit them uh, so i think it's a good thing and kind of seems like each each of the breweries around us kind of has their own feel their own vibe and their own thing so no one's really stepping on anybody's toes yeah well the, the other two breweries that are established and around you have very specific vibes like uh, you know sound growler you walk in sound growler you get the idea right away you walk into 350 you get that kind of like emo punk and delicious oh dude their tacos are sick (laughs) but you know what 350's got some pretty good tacos too they're doing they're doing the california burrito at uh sound growler a couple months ago and it it changed my life right i've never even heard of a california burrito it's it's amazing I didn't know like how out like how high level those tacos were, and I went in there to do the podcast with Arturo, and and I'm sitting there waiting for him, and I got I got a quesadilla because I'm like a basic bitch, so I'm like <laughs> I'm like let me get the steak quesadilla, and I'm eating it, and you he, have to wait a few more months for your pumpkin spice, then. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't like pumpkin spice, by the way. That's a side note. It's but anyway, like two months bullshit. away. <laughs> but anyways, I'm like sitting there, and, and Arturo's like, "What'd you have?" And I told him, and he's like, 
seriously bring bro? some tacos <laughs> he's like bring us give them all three different kinds of tacos so he sent me home with like nine tacos for the family they make really good unbelievable tacos. <laughs> i gave them to my father-in-law my mother-in-law me and my wife we all ate them together and we we're just like what is this it doesn't even they could stop making beer and they would survive <laughs> like, not to mention that, no their beer is good too but but they could stop making beer and those tacos are sick. But yeah, you get like a punk vibe when you go into 350, you know, <clears throat> ska, you know, emo, punk. And then you walk into Soundgarden, like what's Hailstorm? What's Hailstorm? What's what's the what's the feeling? Like we're just trying to friends, <laughs> family, <laughs> just kind of hanging out. There yeah. it is. You know how many you know how many times my yeah. kids have been in this place. My kids have they they walk in here and they think they own half the place because yep. they've been here so often. Terrorized stuff. Uh, yeah. That's one poor thing, cats. Pest, the pest control. <laughs> the poor cats. Yeah, the pest control. One hey, thing stay that out I, of our grain, and then we won't have to keep <laughs> cats here. <laughs> it is one thing that I think that Hailstorm is really cool on is like being extremely family friendly. Even before I worked here, um, my wife, who's now sitting next to me now. Hi, wife. Uh, this <laughs> Liz. Liz. Um, we would bring our kids here all the time, and uh, Brandon brings his kids, uh, Chris and. Uh, Josh's, Josh's nieces and nephews, they'll hang out, and it's just nephews. Sorry. Well, oh, actually, my sister, no sales manager, she brings yeah. her kids here all the time. So, oh. so it there's there's the always levels. kids around, and it it's never an environment that's uncomfortable for a kid to be around in, even on our bottle release days. So it's, it's well, a cool. Like place. even on, yeah, even on the crazy days, I, I I'm yeah. sure. I think the second year, I think I saw you with all your kids. You know, however many you had at the time when. Maybe the second anniversary. It's like packed in here. It's like the, it's fine. It's like a safe, nice environment for kids. <laughs> Some places, you know, you walk in and you're like, oh, maybe not, maybe not for the kids. But yeah, this has always been a place like that. Well, like the vibe we always try to get here too. Um, especially since we don't have TVs and stuff, people come sit down and communicate with each other. They talk. You know, there's been a lot of different friendships people have gotten here at Hailstorm. They would probably never get another place because. You sit next to a guy, you sit and watch the TV or something, and you know here you can't do that. You sit there, you got to talk about beer, drinking, just or the next person next to you. And I've seen a lot of different friendships come out of that because it's not maybe somebody you not, might not normally talk to or get a chance to. So we, we just have a wide variety of people that come in here and just have fun, communicate, talk, and just develop just relationships and stuff. You know, that's you know what we really want to be the main vibe here you know having a good time talk about the beer talk about what's going on so community i mean i think a brewery should be part of a part of the community and kind of welcome everybody in and be a place people can go and hang out and drink some beers and talk and just have a good time And, and for you guys specifically when you talk about community in this area and stuff i something i've noticed from coming here for the last three years or so is uh, it just specifically in one beer, like that Southside Irish Red is such a community beer. It's such like this area, right? I mean, is that... Yeah, it's really kind of an interesting thing. You know, it was... I would have never expected that beer to be one of our best-selling beers. 100%. That's exactly and, what I uh, think I'm getting at. It's like it's it, it became such like a... It's probably one of our most produced beers. We sell probably more of that on draft than anything else. Is that more because Joel Roscoe's always here, or uh, is that no, no? But I, I come in here all the time, and there's always just dudes. He, he probably, an Irish he probably drinks 15 barrels a year. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he's got At least to. I'm gonna start keeping track. <laughs> yeah, 
We're gonna just put a like old chalkboard up on there. Okay, every time Joe gets a beer, here you but go. you know Boom. it's a, it's an approachable beer. It's easy drinking. It's not hoppy. It's, it's but it's flavorful. It's flavorful. It's not over the top. You know, like a stout or something like that. It's it's not, a comfort beer, right? I mean, it's yeah. like a beer that it's approach. It's where the new guy or the, like the no, I'm not a big craft beer guy can walk oh, in. And stepping get that. stone beer, you know. Yeah, you know, gets you to that first step. But there's no other place where I've gone where I've seen just people sitting down like, let me get the Irish red. Let me get the Irish red off the board, you know. Yeah. And you come in here on a any given day at noon, and there's a couple old timers sitting at the bar drinking a drinking a Irish red. Now I want to drink an Irish red. Now you <laughs> it's been a yeah, I, had, I had no intention of that being a year-round beer to start. Um, like, yeah, we'll do it for March or, you know, Well, whatever. it was the first beer we brewed here um, because it was it was cheap. Uh, ingredient wise so I was like ah, if I fuck it up I can dump it down the drain and uh, no harm done it was also mid, uh, end of February so it's like yeah, I'll be ready just in time for St. Patrick's Day yep and uh, it was the first beer we ever sold and had on tap anywhere outside of Hailstorm oh. we ever tapped at uh, on St. Patrick's Day at yep. uh, yeah our, our first beer we ever sold was uh on St. Patrick's Day of 2014, fitting, and on Shanaki Pub in uh, Blue Island. God bless. <laughs> no longer. I don't know if you're uh, Irish at all, Brandon, but with the red red beard and the red <laughs> hair and the Irish, and I'm March 17th, I and mean, yeah, that seems to make sense though for some reason. So, but anyway, yeah, that ended up being a, a year-round beer that we just couldn't yeah. get rid of. Uh, you stop brewing that, there'll be an uprising. Yeah. I, I, I was gonna I say mean, like they shut you down. They're coming after you. They shut you down. <laughs> They'll follow you home. It's got to be like a shocker, though, for a lot of, like if any other brewery coming in or like beer geeks that aren't from this area or have never been to Hailstorm. They'd be like, why is everybody ordering this beer? Like, it's an, it's an Irish red. What are you worried about? Like, yeah, it's a special kind of beer. It's a special kind of area. But I think that ties into what you were talking about with the community and mm-hmm. just kind of being a part of it because you kind of said, oh, our community likes this beer. I'm going to keep making it, you know? You could have just been like, no, 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 I don't care for that style. I'm going to move on. So, uh, when it comes to your beers, like what 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 do you like to drink the most? I mean, which one of the ones? That, I know it's a weird. <laughs> yeah, I'm well, guessing it's probably depends on something the lighter. Of these guys. Or, yeah. Depends on the day of the week, but yeah, I hear you. you like know, after a day like this, it's got to be like the light shit, right? Like, right, you know. uh, lagers, um, especially in the summer. Brandon's been crushing some guava goza. Yeah, guava goza. <laughs> you know. You guys kind lower. of forgot about your hotel life a little bit. Well, it's kind of feeling well. lonely right now. Yeah. Lower, hot lower, beers. lower alcohol. Yeah. Oh, uh, I love hot beers. You know, I like to, I like to drink quantity. So okay. Um, if anyone's listening that doesn't know what a hot beer yeah, is, go, I'm throw, gonna, throw I'm gonna walk you beer. through this yeah. right now. Uh, but a shout out to Chris Betts of Transient Artisan Ales for teaching us how to make a hot beer. That was on Chris, huh? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so there's apparently a lot of variations on how to make one, uh, but we do it the transient way because Chris taught us this way, and it tastes really good. Uh, so you take whatever can of a, a lager you got, uh, whether it's a, a PBR, or a Schlitz, a Hams, or a Hotel Life. Doesn't matter. Or if it's at Transient, they're a rye lager. And so you open up the top of the can, and then around the back part of the top of the can, you fill it with Valentina hot sauce, and then you sprinkle seasoned salt all over the top of it. And then every time you take a sip, you get a little dose of seasoned salt and hot sauce. Sounds amazing. It's, uh, I was a skeptic, but 
No. Well, like you were saying, like you're not really. Do we still hot, have hot sauce here, or do you guys hot chicken? No, like, we left the we left the hot sauce at microphone, so we need to buy some more hot sauce. <laughs> you guys went hot beers at microphone? Too, yeah, we, at microphone. We oh, brought we brought dude. a couple cases just to make hot beers with. I still have I have a picture of all you guys before the fest opened. You guys were all sitting around that table drinking hot like it was either hotel yeah, lives or yeah. prickle, prickly yeah, pears. Yeah, or something. we're drinking hotel lives. And I think it's you, Brandon, and maybe like Brando. Some you and a th- you two I and remember, a third right and a third inside person. And yeah. I have this picture of you guys, and you all look like deer. Like, you're like, <laughs> like, why is that guy staring at us? Why is he taking a picture? But you guys had a table of some of like my favorite people. Yeah. I mean, it was between Brandon and Brando, and you guys, and then uh, and Trevor was sitting over there with you guys yeah. from OIB yeah. and. Uh, Andre yeah, Trevor was uh, Trevor was pouring Bloody Marys out of a can because uh, he, he he's a good. Dude, they bought man. a canning line and he fell in love with canning everything that they had. Couldn't help. That's himself. why you have a crawling can machine. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, can around. on spot. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like things like that, like hotel life, hot beers. Those are just fun things. Like cool too. It's a cool thing. It's right? like yeah. I, I I make beer every day for a living like i make really hoppy beers and stouts and all that but there's sometimes at the end of the day i just want just a straight up american lager so that's where hotel life comes in and then when you want a little twist on that toss a little valentina and some seasoned salt yeah no shit not to mention like if you go to like your local bottle shop or iron and glass or something like that you can go 10.99 for a six pack of 16 ounce cans yeah why the uh, hell not so we <laughs> Yeah, so we yeah we started doing hotel life in uh, six pack sixteen ounce uh, on the shelf at nine ninety nine at most yeah. stores. Uh, yeah, I think it was nine ninety nine so or so. Basically yeah. under under eleven bucks out the door, uh, which is pretty cool for a, a craft lager, and it, I think it's a great tasting one. If you add Valentina hot sauce and a little I mean, season salt, just straight up. So Valentina season salt or Valentina. <laughs> Valentina hot sauce is that non-negotiable? Is it, uh, you can't drop Cholula on there or something. We've like tried that? it with Cholula. Cholula is also good. Uh, some friends of ours in a Facebook group that we're in were using. They were in a pinch, so they were using some Frank's hot sauce the Oof. other day and said it wasn't bad. Uh, the hot beer revolution is upon it's us. It's upon us. It, well, Brandon Wright, you know, he posted right away when you guys were over there. <laughs> I mean, if you guys were there, if he was here, whatever it was. I don't think we were even there for 20 minutes before we made we made hot beers with uh, his Lone Ranger race yes, car. Yes, Lone Ranger uh, race car. I love that beer. And then we made hot beer. We brought some Hotel Life to make hot beers with. And he had uh, he had he had both kinds of Valentina. He had the the regular and the extra hot. What a what a good man. I See, went for the regular. That- that just sums up Brando in a nutshell. Like <laughs> he had both hot sauces on hand. He's such a friendly, like helpful yeah. person. Like. And then I got to make. Uh, <laughs> I made the first one of this. So he uh, he just released it today. Uh, it's called Old Pile or Old Pile, not with a D. Oh. Uh, and that's kind of a, a beer that he modeled after Old Style. Oh, is that out? It is oh, today. Actually, not in, not like in cans he tapped yet. It? He just tapped it. Yeah, not yeah. in cans yet, but I did. Canning's a different process over there. I still, uh, I filled a can off the sample valve of his tank and then put a lid on it and seamed it and then made a hot beer out of it. Do they so, do growlers over at Workforce? I, yeah, uh, you can get a growler there. Yeah. A growler or a crowler? Growler. Growler, growler, yeah. And I don't, I don't know if he's made this publicly available or anything yet, but I did see some... Breaking uh, news did see some, I did see some big rolls of crowler labels there. Uh-oh. So, <laughs> well, he's got Uh-oh. the machine, right? He does now. I saw the seamer sitting there. Hey. Well, isn't that... No, never mind. I didn't see the cans yet, so... 
So don't go beat down his like, door. Why didn't you tell? Why did you guys tell everyone? <laughs> that question, Steve. Should I start doing hot beers in the tap room then? Yes, on Sundays only. <laughs> Sundays oh, that's, only. see, that's not a bad idea Kinda, though. They're like, yeah, yeah, we can do like, like beer most. So you don't go crazy beers. with it, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Did you? Clean that guy's that picture, got a I hope? picture. Is it glitter oh beer? Oh my god! <laughs> I, is that hotel life? I hope. That's, of course it is. That's my <laughs> first experience. Uh, with uh, Brandon just. What, what size is that pitcher? It's a gallon. Gallon. Uh, I just want to chug it. I'm just yeah, basking in the glow. If you chug <laughs> it, somebody's got a Facebook it. Live it or something. I mean, I'll have the large. I, beer. I can put out a BA tan. <laughs> I'll have the liter of cola. Yeah, the liter <laughs> cola. We don't oh. sell it in liters, sir. We uh, actually do sell liters. <laughs> we were just well, uh, no we, German beers on tap right now, so. No leaders. The only thing you missed was we were talking about hot beers. We talked extensively about hot beers. So I gave that credit. Where's the Dortmunder? And I think Steve may have spoiled the fact that Workforce has a crawler. <laughs> yeah. I let that cat out. He of doesn't bag. know. We don't, we're not sure yet if it's public or not. But no. It yeah. doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. So I'll, hot beers. I'll text Brando now and tell him he might, might <laughs> want to make a Facebook <laughs> yeah. post. Yeah. You might want to get that out there on your social media. So, uh, oh, and I also was explaining to him, he, he re- kind of remembered, but I was in line at, at uh, Smells Like a Beer Fest, and I, I took a picture of, like, a group of you guys having your hotel lives or hot beers, whatever you guys were drinking at the time. That was an old-school college pour right there. Well, no. <laughs> and uh, I have this picture of you guys, and, you, and, like, three or four of you guys are, like, looking like like a deer in headlights. <laughs> like, why is that guy taking a picture of us? Hey, you guys had like a celebrity roundtable of brewers that beer geeks would die for to, to hang out at. So well, I had to snap a picture of you guys. One of the sweet things at the, the Microphone Fest is Mike did it really well. He, t- he took care of the brewers. Uh, high lifes? Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> high lifes Not only days. high lifes. He Fuck did it yeah, like he, did. He, he, made a, he made a beer fest that the brewers themselves wanted to go to. Because um, beer fests in, in themselves are a lot of fun, but sometimes give doing a million of them when every done season. right yeah when done right um yeah. but mike helped he hosted a uh hosted a bottle share for all the brewers the night before uh in I his tap pictures. room I he shut down you, the tap room and brando somebody put pictures that there was just bus just bus bins filled with beers cantillon like, yeah. you know any everything you could everything you could want was there um and then the next day we we all show up to set up our tables and uh there's a six pack of high life uh, sitting with every every table, and then after that we we poured at the fest, and then he had shuttle buses set up to uh, to take everyone over to more brewing. More brewing hosted a yeah, no Sean an and after Evan party. Said they were doing so that. It's just a, a really really good way to do a festival and keep your brewers happy. I mean, I, I seriously, like I said, I was like fifth or sixth in line to enter. You know, at eleven thirty before it opened at noon. And I was just watching you guys all, and everybody was, like, pumped. You know, it was, like, a cool thing, whereas I've talked to some brewers about festivals and festival season and some reps and, you know, salespeople, and it's, like, you know, they can be taxing, and the season can get taxing. But, like, you get, like, between Southern Gris and Bearded Iris and and Narrow Gauge, you know, seeing Jeff Hardesty and Triptych coming up from way down there, and Mm -hmm. it's, like, it was such a cool fucking festival, and 500 people... You know, I'm sure there was more than 500, but they sold 500 tickets. And the amount of kegs that were there, in ga- you know, gallons of beer were not equivalent to the small amount of people that were there. So for an outsider, you know, as a beer junkie, you know, me coming in, I'll never go to a fest like that again. It seemed like everybody, if there was a certain beer that you wanted to drink there, 
no, you didn't have to rush that table. You had, you had because it was a small group, you had the opportunity to drink that beer. It's not running out within the first five minutes. Except it's for not one. There was one. <laughs> it was Sean Burns and more well, well with the henna. Maybe you should have run with over the henna to karma. Sean. No, 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 they didn't. They didn't. No, I went yeah. right to Sean, but I know that some people behind yeah. me did not get it. You know, which is what, what do you want them to do? They can't. You, you can't bring. You know bunch of half barrels of uh, <laughs> a beer on that level thousands of dollars no, but, worth of beer. but i mean like once that whole thing like when that line opened everybody's dropped to more and then kind of scooted to jay wakefield and then and then it was cool but it's like it's so inc- insane to think that we're standing there in that line waiting for that henna and then you're looking to mars and maplewood on your left and there's jeff hardesty standing next to them in narrow gauge and and john brando right open outcry and all you know and pe- they're just standing there like, okay, well, I'll wait till you guys get your henna, and then we'll start pouring the beers, yeah. you know? like Even with you guys being over there, like, for me, like, I didn't even go to Hailstorm until, like, way late because I'm like, well, I go there all the time. Yeah, I got to try Southern Grist and Little Beavers up here. Like, it was crazy. Some brewers, that, yeah, they'll, uh, they'll draw a crowd. My, my brother was at, uh, with a, a Chicago brewery uh, at Hunapu. And when the, the lines open for Hunapu, they were standing there behind their table. And as everyone ran the other direction, it was like, well, I guess we're not the cool kids anymore. <laughs> right. It was. And if anybody doesn't know Hunapu, it's a Scar City's festival, right? right? Yeah. The, you know, somebody's going to be like, what's Hunapu? <laughs> yeah, just a small thing. In yeah, Tampa. right. It's crazy, crazy banana stuff. But no, that was a really cool festival. I'm glad to get that, that thought process from you because... You know, I, it looked like all the brewers were having a good time too, because I was talking to Trevor and like Adam Smith from Maplewood, a bunch of those guys, and they were—they looked like they were having a blast. So, and that—that'd be nice with the uh, bottle share the night before. That was probably pretty cool too. Yeah, it was a great time, and uh, you know, a lot of festivals. I think a lot of festivals are uh, just a lot of people that come that are just there to get drunk. And maybe not particularly, uh, maybe not particularly care about what beer they're drinking. Um, and those are the type of festivals that, like, I've just kind of shied away from. Um, we actually we do we used to do a lot of events, and uh, I've really just picked and choose now. And it's like we do a very small amount of events. Well, explain to people like what doing an event means for you guys. Because right, isn't am I wrong in saying that most of the time it's somebody calling you, an organizer of some sort, saying, "Can you donate four hundred dollars worth of beer, or whatever?" Sometimes there's some some events that want you to donate beer. Um, it seems like most of those have started to go away because brewers just aren't willing to do it anymore. Um, and I really was never willing to donate beer. It's one thing for if it's for a good cause. If it, yeah, yeah, exactly. If it's for charity, that's fine. I'll I'll do that all day. Um, but if it's a for profit event that wants you to donate beer, get get out of here. Um, <laughs> so my kegerator doesn't count. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. No. Screw you guys. And the other thing is, it's a huge time commitment. So, you know, you're giving up your entire Saturday pretty much to do an yeah. event, especially say, if you're driving. Let's say we're doing Naperville Ale Fest. Um, you got to get here probably around eight o'clock um load up the van with your beer your jockey box all your equipment drive 45 minutes up to naperville um load all your shit out go park your van somewhere 
come back, set up, you know, be ready to pour by 11 or noon. Then you pour for four or five hours, and then you got to wait for everybody to get out of there before you can really break down and take all your crap out of there. And it, it turns into a, you know, 10 to 12-hour day. And you had to and sanitize the jockey boxes beforehand. And, and you after. might <laughs> you might get paid, you know, your wholesale cost for the beer. And Okay, so you... You may have reached a few new customers, but, you know, a lot of these fests are just people that are looking to go out on a Saturday and get drunk at a beer fest, and uh, you'll never see those people in your tap room. Four ounces at a time, yep. just getting shit-faced. It's lucky if it's four ounces at a beer fest. You know. <laughs> hey, those those little coffee mug bo- or can- or bottles, that, bottles, Jesus, glasses that Mike had done were pretty cool. Yeah, those were pretty sweet. Yeah, those were nice. Well, because when you're hammered up and you, you, know, you got at least you got something to hook that finger around. <laughs> you look really to elegant while getting drunk. Oh, you do. You're right. They needed, yeah. And then you had tugboat there. You could go sober up with a little yeah. nitro, man. Yeah. Right? They're classy. Mm. Do you guys? Do you guys have a coffee roaster? Or like, kind of, I don't know if there's a coffee roaster in this area. What do you guys? What do you guys do when you put coffee in a beer? Uh, typically get intelligentsia. Intelligentsia. Okay. I did dark matter one year. I just kind of prefer intelligentsia. Oh, fine. I know of a guy that started a coffee roaster, but I haven't talked to. Brandon about using that yet. So we're breaking news again. Steve is going to talk to Brandon right now about getting <laughs> no, that conversation. Actually, you know, is not I, happening now. I yeah. don't know why I haven't used tugboat. I've talked to the guy a bunch. You know, er- bunch Eric of times. is that him? Yeah, Eric. yeah. I've heard such great yeah, things yeah. about him too. I just, I more or less just forget about it. Yeah. You know, because you don't see him out and around. Uh, Mike, Mike uh, Palin and uh, Mike and uh, other Mike and uh, <laughs> Kyle were on the podcast and they were they were talking about how. He he walked in one day to the tap or, or to the uh, brew brew house area, and he was just like, "What, what is that smell?" And they're like, "What?" And he's like, "Caribou coffee." And he's like, "Don't brew, don't make that shit anymore." <laughs> Mike's like, "It's not like we were brewing Folgers. Like we we thought we were okay." And he's like, "He came. Eric came back with like a twenty five hundred dollar like coffee maker. He's like, make it in here, make this kind of coffee, and that's it." Like, <laughs> Coffee guys, like you think beer guys are serious about their crafts. Coffee guys too. Kyle showed me that and told me that story. He's like, yeah, uh, he wouldn't let us drink shitty coffee anymore. Kyle was great. Actually, uh, Chris Betts, uh, transient, brewed uh, Buckley here one year. Oh, really? And he had Eric come roast coffee on site here. And you edited. still haven't used him. Unbelievable. Uh, and, yeah, I just keep forgetting. You should it's be like, ashamed of yourself, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'll remind them. Yeah, what's just to have the smell. What's the next coffee beer? Next time just I to need have coffee. the smell in here. Like. Yeah. Hey, I, this yeah, is. He'll be- literally roast it like five seconds before you throw it in the fermenter. God damn, that sounds amazing. Just, just uh, for lore and uh, things that I, I don't know about the the beer that you guys did. I think you guys have just done it recently again. Maybe the Vlad versus Zombie versus Shark. Yeah. What's Maybe. the story behind that beer? Like so that was something you did early beer. on, right? Yeah. So did it. Fairly early on, uh, the first batch took probably about 18 months, I believe, from start to finish. Just wh- wh- where was the time sunk into the barrels? Just, it just uh, mostly wasn't ready. Wasn't barrels, ready. Barrels, and then a lot of time was to get it to ferment out completely. Uh, 18% beer. Most beer yeast won't go that high. So special um, yeast. It was a kind of a staged process where I brewed the. I brewed Vlad, um, but instead of brewing 15 barrels, I only brewed 10. Uh, so it was a much more concentrated 
I, I used the same amount of grain as I would in 15, but I only made 10 barrels and uh, collected, you know, some basically concentrated Vlad wort, uh, boiled it down, and uh, the resultant beer was about 14%, and then added a crap ton of, after that was fermented out, uh, boiled some uh, crap ton of sugar uh, in a little bit of water, uh, made a syrup basically, pushed that in the fermenter, and then added champagne yeast, which will ferment simple sugars. It won't ferment maltose, which is what uh, the type of sugar that you get from a, a beer mash. Uh, so that that fermented the, the rest of the sugar out, and uh, I had a huge beer. God damn. Then like, put why? It, Why'd you do that? Eh, Why was not? It, was, it like a, like, was it like a hunch? Like Have a, you ever heard him say sorry for parting? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's a perfect statement. I, I don't know the definition of subtle. So, um. like, no, was it something you set out to do? Like you were like, I'm gonna try this, or was it like an accident? Or like, oh no, shit, this is it's a hailstorm, baby. Like, I like it. Dog, the dogfish head does giant beers like that, and it was always something I tried to do at home. And how uh, thought out was it though? Like, was this planned like months ahead? Like, this is what I'm gonna it, do. Or? It was planned. Oh yeah, it was planned. Uh, I had no idea if it would work or not, but uh, it worked. It worked. <laughs> so th- you released that pretty early on in Hailstorm's life, right? I mean, uh, uh, it came out. We finally released it. What 2016 was the release? What okay. we did with that? Yeah, it was yeah. a while ago. Then okay. I remember I was given a bottle from Brandon. They had like a messed up label. And so I got a bottle of it, and yeah, you were at Five Rabbit. I was, I was with Five yeah. Rabbit. And he didn't I, like you. He was like, "Here's the <laughs> shitty one. Take the shitty one." Bro. And I, I brought it in those guys. Like to all our friends, like that. <laughs> all brewers are always sharing beers and drinking beers and trying other people's work. And uh, I brought it into Five Rabbit and poured a glass for everybody, um, the whole crew there, and everybody drank it. Like, wow, that was really good. I'm like, yeah. That's an 18% stout. You, no, like, you no fucking that. way. You like, didn't tell them, huh? This does not taste like an 18% beer. It's like, it, it worked. Uh, well, that so, brand's got the hidden yeah. talent, you know, those high-octane beers that don't taste like it. I mean, when I you started, how, I don't know how, how many beers this. were over, like, 10% when you just started? Dude, you get, I've, I've walked in here and sit, seen the murderer's row on the board where you're just like, what beer don't don't I get? Your Arctic, uh, was it Arctic? Uh, Arctic Ale. Arctic Ale, yeah. And then, and that's sitting next to like a couple of Vlad, you know, variants. You're just like, whoa! You got 16 beers on tap, and eight of them are over 10 percent alcohol. We're, Dominatrix we're, on the board. Like, well, that's why we brought Steve on. We're a little low on beer, and I gotta like dip into my secret stash <laughs> to keep taps going. And we were actually Work, joking Steve. around about this uh, this afternoon because uh, it's a, a good friend of ours, uh, Jim was in the tap room and he usually drinks a lot of our higher ABV beers and she was I, here today I know <laughs> and that's how this came up and we we're talking about this he's like yeah there's like there's only like one one beer above 11 percent and then we're like well yeah well, summertime you know summertime let's let's go light keeping it light but I think like I made the comments of Brandon when I first started here it was like out of the 16 taps, I think there was 11 or 12 of them that were above 10%. I'm like, Jesus, man. I've seen it. It's fucking crazy. You don't see that anywhere. <laughs> anywhere. Brandon, it's, it's it was hard to imagine. Let me just make sure people like, left here <laughs> yeah. walking straight. 
Dude, one of the first times I came back here after like I initially discovered you guys was an open mic night, and I brought a buddy of mine. And I won't name him tonight, but I, I think Jill was working the bar. Why? Who was your buddy? Uh, was you, he any you good? You know him. He, he's come in here before, but like, okay. he's not like a regular. But he came in here. It was his first time here, and he had dominatrix with me at a Sovereign, and we decided to come out here. And and I, I just remember walking up there to get – I was getting a Prairie Madness or something during open mic, and, and Jill looks at me, and she's like, your friend's had six of these dominatrix, so I hope you're not ordering for him right now, basically. I'm like, nope, nope, this is for <laughs> me. Like, I'm going to take him home. And he had, like, the worst night of his life after that, but, like, the best night of his life as well. You know, That's one of those things. Another one of those beers that, like, I I mean, coming into Brick or coming into Hailstorm, I was just about to say Brickstone. Jesus, you're fired. Uh, <laughs> you're coming, out. Coming into Hailstorm and, and brewing these beers that, that Brandon's created, it's... It amazes me how some of them, particularly a beer like Dominatrix, is it's such a massive beer that you could drink a pint of it and like, wow, that tasted like a normal beer. And then... Then stand up. And then try <laughs> to stand that, that up. Scary. It's, it's like, scary. It's scary, yeah. So the, what goes in... I've told this to every single person that's like, oh, well, are you are you brewing like your beer is at, at Hillstrom? Like, well, no, like... Brandon's a, a far better beer designer than I'll ever be. And the way that he can make a lot of these beers work is incredible. So it's, they're super balanced, great beers. Brandon, how do you feel about compliments? Are they hard? You, you just strike me as a very humble, like, yeah. somewhat, not quiet, <laughs> but you know, like, you know, oh, yeah. you're not like center of attention kind of guy. So. Yeah. Does it suck? Like it's good internally, but you're also kind of like, ah, it's hard to hear all this yeah. this praise. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's just gonna say yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's all he's got. Yeah, yeah. No, but the Dominatrix was was the first beer that kind of snuck up on me. I was like, what is this? Like, originally was Dominatrix a higher ABV even? Like, it was always to twelve. Like, it was always between ten and a half and eleven. Um, yeah. The beer changed a little bit over time. Um, Used to have a little more color to it. Uh, yeah. It was a it was a darker beer. I thought it was actually more barley wineish than uh, than double. Well, trip, we call it triple IPA because it's well, it it's, is. It's it over like the first one. The style, like. you know, yeah. style guideline. I say that with quotes. Um, <laughs> you know, is seven and a half to ten percent. That's for, deep state brewer stuff right there for there, a like. double IPA, and it's ten and a half to eleven. So it's a kind of a artificially created style triple IPA. Anyway, um, it's I, I, it started out as a kind of a sweeter, more caramely beer and uh, I didn't I didn't love it and uh, kind of took all the color malt out of it and uh, added more sugar to dry the body out and uh, really that's what makes it drinkable is uh, is uh, it's a good amount of just simple sugar uh, about 20%, and uh, that just adds alcohol, but it, it makes the body super light and dry, and, uh, you know, that's that's what makes, like, Belgian, all the Belgian beers so drinkable. They're, they're big in alcohol, but they're, uh, they're really dry because the Belgians use 20, 30% sugar in their beers, um, and I think a lot of Americans shy away from from using that amount of sugar in a beer, um, but I, 
Like sugar's not considered like cheating in the brewing no. world, right? I mean, it's like that's what you need it, right? You right. You need it yeah. so that yeast can eat to create the ABV. Right. So sugar creates alcohol, obviously. And I see. You can just say it out loud, Steve, unless you don't want it on the microphone. <laughs> oh, I was saying, well, I just gave a note that was going to be passed around, but I, I said, I got to go to dinner. Go, Parent, go. Parents waiting, cheers, asshats. <laughs> uh, asshats. See you tomorrow, buddy. Cheers to you as well, asshat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't forget about the so, Boeing tomorrow. We have to bring Boeing with yes, us, right? we have to bring Boeing. Bring Danielle Boeing. wants Boeing. Boeing. Boeing to Boeing. to bug? To bug. bug. Yes. I'll see you guys uh, there for some Boeing, man. I and we're, well, we're no, you, won't see, you won't see Boeing at... Well, that's fine. You don't, right, right. No, I get it. We're bringing some cans. Of, we're bringing cans of Boeing uh, for Danielle uh, from the Brewers Guild. Uh, so she's going to do some promo events for uh, the Good Libations, yeah. the closing event for Craft Beer Week this year. I know they really want to promote that event. Yeah. You, you so know? it's a lot of it's a it's a giant tropical luau, and yeah. um, we happened to have a freshly packaged uh, beer Boeing that we did in collaboration with the open bottle makes um, total sense so it's a new england pale so remind me go awesome. smack peak because i just hear uh, I just speakers hear pop, popping right? over there it's like too. Yeah. Uh, and i just bought him a new board over there Sons a bigger you know, remember the little board we used to have oh yeah, oh, yeah it's it's, it's an eight channel well board well i don't know if you saw that no. steve's gotta go but yeah Toodles, libations guys. hawaiian shirts and boing is the per- boing <laughs> it literally hawaiian is shirts like and between bras. the can and like the flavors in boing it's like the perfect beer for that event yeah and Steve, thank you, by the way. And I'll wrap it. We'll wrap it up here pretty quick, so so no big deal. But I, I got a couple more questions I want to stick Brandon with and, and Josh. Actually, that it's per- working out perfect because the two part question I have well, is orders. is for both of you guys. So, <laughs> sorry, we're dealing we're dealing with uh, getting. We're just talking Steve about the, the, the Wonder Twins, how they <laughs> the match today. Wonder Twin powers activate. <laughs> So, okay, two-part question. I got one half for each of you. Um, first of all, the socks. The socks for, for anniversaries and events. Like, is that something you guys have always done? It's something me and the rest of the girls' tap room. We kind of coordinate some type of dress code for bigger releases, bigger parties. You know, there's usually some kind of theme. Just right. To be a little fun. I enjoy it. So, like I this year, the pictures th- on Facebook yeah, of everybody yeah. like on the bar, you know, taking yeah. it with, the, with the socks. Yeah, this year was unicorns and rainbow socks. Yeah, behind a bar. That, see, I can dig that. So it goes with the glitter beer. <laughs> glitter beer, unicorns, and just so happened we did a glitter Josh's beer too. general existence, it all fits, right? <laughs> so, and, and to tie into that, that being the anniversary party, how the hell do you pick the anniversary beer? <laughs> like, Sorry. What the, goes into that? Like, the the anniversary beer? Yeah. Like, well, <laughs> the uh, the first three were planned. Uh, <laughs> okay, the first three were planned. Yes. So number one being the golden sour raspberry boysenberry. Blackberry and blackberry. boysenberry, yeah. Number two, uh, the current? current black current. Mm-hmm. That, that was, was fermented. Yeah, it was a black current saison fermented in... Uh, the uh, oval wine casks that we have. The uh, that's those are the fooders. That would uh, be, they're is it no? Kind of like fooders, but they're, like they're they're basically giant barrels. Um, they're oval in shape, uh, kind of more like a barrel, not like a upright fooder. And then uh, the third anniversary was the uh, the spontaneous beer, which we used transient cool ship. Cool ship. Uh, there was no added yeast. Um, Basically knocked out boiling wort into a cool ship outside in the middle of February. Uh, 
let it sit outside overnight and then moved it into some barrels in the next morning and just let it ferment and uh, came out quite tasty. Like, are those right the now. beers that you get most excited about from like a brewer's aspect? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're, they're just, fun. It's to like do. the like the appreciating the time and respecting like what went into it. I feel like that and I the, think, like, and the your completely taproom visitor is not going to appreciate that, right? And the fact that it was completely just the environment that created that beer. Steve uh, has pants on now, by the way. <laughs> He's like magic. It's he supposed to be no pants, pants Thursday. <laughs> He's got pants on. Changes so fast. Yeah, so the, the the cool ship stuff. Can you can you give like I, I don't want to make you like go hardcore, but like what, what cool ship? Explain that to somebody who may not understand what a cool so, ship is. So um, basically, what you do is uh, you have a large kind of rectangular, shallow vessel that you uh, knock out boiling wort from your your uh, boil kettle uh, into this vessel that sits outside uh, you want to do it in winter because there's some undesirable bacteria and stuff that float around in the air during the summer so the winter has like the best mixture of uh, bacteria in the air uh, in Belgium they uh, they typically do so this is kind of a a Belgian traditional way of making lambic um in the Seine River Valley, and they uh, they typically brew from it's weather dependent, but I want to say late November to probably late March. Uh, you want the temperatures to get down into the 30s overnight, but not much below freezing. Um, uh, that's pretty much. That's kind of like cool ships for dummies. Like, yeah. yeah. So, uh, February of 20... I don't know, what was that? 2015? Probably it was 2015, yeah. I think. Uh, no, no, 16. 16 because your first anniversary would have been 15. So, February 2016, we uh, yeah. borrowed training in school ship. They were not open yet. He had just picked it up, dropped it off uh, here. Um brewed a batch and uh interestingly enough uh that batch ended up being our third and fourth anniversary beer um because i brew 15 barrels his cool ship only held 10 the other 15 or sorry other five or six um went into an open top uh fruiter open top uh, oak fruiter and uh, I fermented it with uh, uh, saison yeast and then um, four days later I actually packaged it into bottles uh, with some priming sugar and uh, a mixed culture that had uh, bread, wild yeast uh, lactobacillus, pediococcus pertanomyces and uh, it, it actually sat on a shelf here for two years that's um, I was uh, wow. That's crazy. So when you're say on the bottle, you look at the bottle of the fourth anniversary beer, right? It says it was brewed two years ago. It's, yeah. It's so that 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 is the one that was not whoa. planned, and uh, we uh, last summer I tasted it and I was like, yeah, this doesn't taste very good, and uh, so I'm just gonna let it sit on the shelf for a while longer. And 
uh, we didn't have a fourth anniversary beer ready and until Tuesday before the anniversary. <laughs> Tuesday oh, before shit. the anniversary, and I'm like, oh <laughs> shit, <laughs> I have this beer sitting up on the shelf. Maybe I should try it. And uh, went, pulled the bottle down, threw it in the fridge, and a couple hours later, after it was cold, we uh, we tried it and we're like, holy shit, this is delicious. And uh, we seriously qu- quickly uh, contacted our label guy. I was gonna say, how'd you get the labels done? Because they have uh, a food around them. Like, oh, yeah, we're yeah. like. Hey man, can you get us oh, some labels and like, like the second and third anniversary? Just change four. Some was there food around that one too? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. that makes sense then. Okay. So we're like, hey man, can you get some labels in a couple days? And he's like, yeah, we got a slow week. I we'll have guess to, you sons of bitches. We'll have to charge you extra and overnight them to you. But okay, um, all right, let's get it done. And they got it done, and That's we got awesome. it labeled Friday afternoon. We had our fourth Baby anniversary four. beer. What? Yeah. You guys are really flying by the seat of your pants on that Sorry one. for partying. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Hot beers and labels. That's that was that night, huh? Oh, it was after we labeled and wax dipped uh, Maple Vlad for gonna the bottle release as well. You're, you're also wax dipping. Okay. Yeah, well, we didn't wax dip the, that beer. Right, right. Uh, but, those, but I mean, you're doing bottles. the Vlad for the bottle release, so. Yeah. Damn. So what's next? What's what's on the what's on the docket? Coconut. Uh, Coconut Vlad is next month. June 30th. Yeah, we haven't posted it yet. So, Coconut Vlad, that's been aged in barrels for nine months or so, or like uh, this. this we have a couple more releases where uh, the barrels. Sorry. Oh, now um, you're getting crazy. Now you're getting crazy, touching on shit. No. The barrels that will be used are in the 19 to 21 month range. Oh, oh. Jesus. So they're they're getting up there in age. Oh, I, I don't think I followed up with the, the other story when we were talking about it. Did you guys do Zombie, the, the, the Vlad versus Zombie versus Shark? Yes. Did you guys so do it again? in barrels again. Um, but it's got a while. That will be our fifth anniversary beer. Whoa. So now you broke news way too early. Yeah, well. I hope you guys, yeah, get, I hope you guys get Facebook slow, messages slow, from slowly now until... <laughs> well, no, we've been, people have been How asking many, they're when. Like, What's the allotment? What's the allotment? What time is it releasing? Yeah, it's going to be a bottle and a half. <laughs> yeah, we, we'll probably do some variants of it as well. You can so. cut the bottle in half. <laughs> we'll do that for you right in the tap room. So Coconut Vlad is next on the docket, huh? Yeah. Any more events coming up in the next couple of weeks? Oh, well, big events will be the bottle release June 30th. But, June 30th. You know, Oh, we this weekend will be a little bit light, but we'll you know get back to make sure we have food trucks, music, craft beer weekends we got, and stuff. Yeah, so craft beer week, we're doing the uh, mini Fobab event at Haymarket on Monday. Oh, I saw that. Okay, so we'll have Maple Vlad up there. Nice. Ooh, what's that event? It's a mini Fobab. Ooh, yeah. they had a pretty good lineup too. Yeah, every year, or so it's craft beer week is always uh, approximately halfway to Fobab. Yeah. Oh. So they, they actually used that. to call it halfway to Fobab, but now they're calling it mini Fobab. Uh, anyway, so Pete asked all the Illinois brewers if they want to participate, and uh, he'll buy your barrel-aged beer if you. What like. size keg do we need for that? Sixth. Sixth. We'll fill another one. So, uh, yeah, Logan's delivering one Monday morning. Love you, Logan. Well, gotta fill one. <laughs> yeah, gotta fill it first, we'll then, fill then we'll deliver it. Um, so yeah, that, I mean, really just want to say thank you guys, first of all, for doing this. I just put you guys through like an hour and 40 minutes of hanging out on microphones. I, but if there's anything else you want to cover, I mean, are you guys going to be at Good Libations too? We will. Uh, okay. we'll have, that's where we'll have Boeing and, uh, Guava Goza. 
Wow, that's going to be perfect. And, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, very well-fitting beers for that. Anything else? I mean, uh, B.A. Tan for life. Sorry, I can't explain. <laughs> that's an inside thing, huh? Yes. For you boys. All right. Well, thank you guys. I appreciate it. Hailstorm. I mean, like I said, you guys were like number one on my list. Number one on people emailing me saying, when are you going to do Hailstorm? When are you going to do Hailstorm? So this, this is, is just part one. Cheers. Cheers, 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 cheers. Thank you, Josh, Brandon, and Steve for Steve who uh, took off. Um, yeah, so Craft Beer Week, check them out. You guys will be at both uh, big events, right? At, at both tail, you know, tail end and front end. So Bug and uh, Bug, to good libations and uh, mini good libations, yeah, mini, and phobab. That mini phobab, and then uh, we got Coconut Vlad. People are gonna go sh- nuts for that. Oh yeah, yeah, coconut, coconut, maple, and vanilla, man. God damn! Shut up. You just caused a bunch of craft beer boners, see? All well, right. We already did a maple and vanilla, so now it's time right. for coconut. Right. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. Well, thank you guys, and let's go. We'll go enjoy Pete Stillwell and his his open mic. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Pete. <laughs> I kind of like you. Like Joe Roscoe better, though. <laughs> well, everybody loves Joe. Yeah, the Joe O'Rock Show. If you haven't seen the Joe O'Rock Show, you got to see the Joe O'Rock Show. Oh, it's the Joe O'Rock Acoustic Rock yeah. Show. Oh, that's right. He is. He's not as cool as he used to be. That's right. Yeah. Been uh, a while. Pete, and I love you. And he too. drinks a lot of Southside Irish Red. Southside Irish Red. That is the man. Just here, but he gets paid in it at certain <laughs> events. He's well, it's told kind of fun. He's actually gone to other places and played it, had our beer on tap, and he'll drink yeah. like Cumulus, Prairie Madness, all the other stuff. But when he's here, it's always Southside Irish Red. And we're like, oh, I had one of the other beers somewhere else. I'm like, really? <laughs> so weird. I've been trying to get you to try something else. Just, nope. Like I'm just drinking a red. <laughs> he told me one day that he got hired for a private event, and when he got there, he was using you know he likes to sit when he plays a yeah. lot of the time. He used like a cooler to sit on, and they filled the cooler for him with Southside Irish Red. I'm like, come on, that, that's hilarious. You get paid in Southside. It's like you know you just pay this guy in cocaine. Nope, he wants Southside Irish Red. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're out of here. Cheers, Average Joe's Above Average Beer Podcast, Episode 38 with Hailstorm. We got Josh. For Josh, Brandon, and Steve, we are out of here. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers.